Welcome to the return slot of horror, a podcast set in the basement of a video store much like the one from your youth, a place where Mickey, Marika, and Michelangelo hang out after hours, talk about horror films, and can't seem to agree on much other than their love for the genre. So grab a drink, be careful on the stairs, and don't be the last one left in the basement at the end of the night. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you, I am. I'm, ha- I'm having a little drink as we talk about this one. I'm having the old Bourbon Barrel uh, Quad uh, Barrel Aged Boulevard uh, Ale. Uh, delicious little guy. You <laughs> finally got that. It's, I feel like you just said every single beer word quad. that exists. I'm on my tent. Beer and lager. Okay. Yeah. There's so many bees, and the way they've got it laid out, it says Boulevard Bourbon Barrel Quad Barrel Aged Ale. Is how it's actually like written out. It it's is. a warm so, up. So it's the Boulevard Bourbon Barrel Quad Barrel Aged Ale. That's what I'm having from Boulevard. I'm so Brewing jealous. It's, it's 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 really good. But um, that's what I'm that's what I'm sipping on. Uh, and uh, Michelangelo, you got anything you're drinking? Um, so I am currently not consuming alcohol. Um, I probably will later this week because my mom is visiting. Uh, and I love her, but. Uh, anyways, what I'm having tonight is I'm having like Coca-Cola Zevia, uh, and I put in a little bit of like uh, kratom and kava extract, so it kind of gets you like a nice little like relaxed feeling. It's just like a tiny little bit of it, so it's like I get to sip on something and get a little, you know, a little a little Hi. feeling from it without uh, without consuming any. Of the alcohol right now. All right, good man, good man. Marika, I am not getting high because I'm a responsible <laughs> adult. You're, you're a what? I'm a responsible adult. Have you I heard of those? You, I thought you said a Republican dope. I was like, what? <laughs> yes, I'm not getting high because I'm a Republican dope. You want to hear? Because I'm a Republican dope. Yeah, no, got it. Yes, responsible adult. But so what are we having, Marika? Yeah, what's a spooky cocktail? Today's recommended spooky cocktail is called a silhouette. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> well played. Uh, take a shaker, throw some ice in there, put in an ounce of white vermouth, two ounces of blackberry, blackberry vodka, not blackberry vodka, add a dash of pe- peach syrup, some ginger ale. No, wait. Shake the booze up first. Don't put the ginger ale in your shaker before you shake it, because I feel like that's a very bad idea. Pour it out into a glass, add some ginger ale, serve with blackberries, and hope nothing is watching. Love it. That's great. Nice. All right. So we're continuing kind of like along this theme of recommendations. I um, have a friend who recommended this to me because it's been popping up lately in a lot of like podcasts and chatter around the same kind of stuff and uh things that we listen to just this movie keeps popping up so he had not seen it i had not seen it so it was a recommendation based on a movie that no one had seen nice i like that always the best kind always the best oh i heard (laughs) i heard about i heard about this movie yeah i I, i'm recommending you watch a movie i keep hearing people talk about amazing i love that so so that was the recommendation my first watch of this film obviously 
Um, it's it's in doing just like a minor bit of research. I came in pretty cold. Um, it's a twenty uh twenty one film. I think it's actually a twenty twenty film, but it didn't actually get released anywhere until twenty twenty one outside of the festivals. It's this Rebecca Hall led um pretty low budget film called The Night House. Uh, essentially, our um, Beth, our protagonist, uh, whose husband has recently uh, died, is seeing things in the house. Is it a metaphor? Is it real? Who knows? It's the night house. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a super, that's a super <laughs> like wide, real like, vague. what this movie is about. It's about a girl. She sees stuff in the house. I said her husband's dead. Uh, yeah, is it is it vague? Is it not? Is the house some I kind mean, of portal into fair... something else? You know? I mean, like... I feel like we can we can preface this by saying that we're gonna go, we're gonna discuss all of this movie. So if you haven't yeah, seen it, you don't want to know. And I will oh, say, you, yeah, I mean, like all like a lot of the films we do, they're like real big spoilers. We're gonna have to talk about. So if you haven't seen it, and you're interested in not being spoiled, then watch it. Uh, so for starters, let me just jump in and I'm going to ask some of the toughest questions first. What did we think of the film, Marika? I mean, that's what we're starting. I will say let's start there. Let's let, let's let's not bury the lead. Let's what get will into there it. be left to say after Jesus? Well, the, well, like talking actually about the film, like, but I want to just kind of get our initial feelings. I liked it. Woo. Nice. Good. Whoa, controversial. We'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that deeper. No, we'll get into that deeper. I like to yeah, of course. stay right there. That's good. Michelangelo, initial feeling watching this movie. It's complicated, but I liked it. And I want to get into that. Okay, excellent. I also watching it, I think that um there are there is seventy percent of this film I really liked. And then there's like thirty percent of this film that really let me down. So I really like Rebecca Hall. I can say that. Oh She's yeah, amazing. And so everybody, everybody's great, especially obviously Rebecca Hall, who like carries the film. And without her, it's 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 a lot to ask of an actor to carry a, a slow, uh, thoughtful, and emotional film like this. And it's all on the performance. And without yeah. that, this this movie. Would be still pretty. It'd be pretty to look at. It was a pretty film for sure, uh, but uh, it would have been impossible to get through. So, like, I oh, mean, it's man. it's eighty yeah. percent her by herself. Oh sure, yeah, she kills it. Um, yeah, I know. I, I and we'll get further into. I think the twenty to thirty percent I didn't particularly love of the film. Mm-hmm. Things, yeah, I'm really interested in that. It was the things that let me down actually. So, um, so. Let's just start. I'm going to give a little bit more um, background to the film, and then we'll just kind of go into it. Uh, you know, in the film, Rebecca Hall's character, Beth, her husband has killed himself. She's a teacher. She's now reeling from his death. But as she's kind of spiraling and drinking more and more, things start to come to light about her husband. Like, she goes into his phone. She starts searching through pictures. She starts getting, you know, teed up that maybe he's cheating on her with people that look like her. But then we're led to believe that maybe there's this whole other dimension that is a mirror of her life. It's it it goes down some really big ideas and thoughts, and um and then we get to this you know climax where she's visited by a spirit, you know, and that's that's the night house in a nutshell. A spirit, a demon, death. What is it? We're not sure. 
just mental illness, just straight up mental illness? Is she making it all up? Right. Is it just is that is this just depression? Is this all that's what she's feeling? There, there are places of paranoia she visits where it's like if you go back, I, I want to watch it a second time. I think I'll like it even better the second time. Yeah, I had the same. I was like, man, I should have watched it a second time because, like, I've been just thinking about it so much, and the things I didn't like. I research like I had to do some research on this to figure out some things and the conclusion I came to is man I want to see this again knowing now what I know cuz I I I think a, a a problem that I had with this movie while watching it is we learn what the you know the boogeyman or whatever it is you want to call it the nothing that is the, it's like possibly called the nothing we learn about that like way too late in the movie and then it like I'm trying to, in my literal mind, make sense of everything that's happened so far and where it's going, and it doesn't quite work for me. And it's only through, uh, ins- you know, like reflection upon it that I come up with something that's satisfying to me uh, that doesn't work on a literal level. And I, and I, and I, and I will say I appreciated this so much more than like the last thing we talked about which is spoilers if you haven't listened to that episode we talked about sinister and um like it never goes to like ridiculous goofy just kind of stupid right this it, it goes to a place that gets confusing but it never insults my intelligence or like you know does any you know what I mean? It never cheapens the story. It confuses and muddles the story uh, for some people. But it, I appreciated that it it wasn't like we're gonna do the Blumhouse thing where we're gonna like throw in some like cheap thrills that kind of like ruin like a a, a good ride. You know, Marika. Yes. Do you, what do you, do you? What do you think of that? What like what Michelangelo is saying, kind of with this I mean, version of Sinister? Get, I mean, we had a very we had different opinions of Sinister. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're two very different films. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just, I was just saying, like they were similar in like they're led by an actor who's giving a really good performance, and like what was an interesting story up to a point for me, but this succeeds even though it confuses, but it doesn't ever go to an area that's that like made me something laugh. you consider like tacky. Something I consider tacky or, like, or she- like but like you you did you did have some like laughable moments in Sinister, didn't you? Despite your, your oh, yeah. uh, like but at the yeah. very yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want it to like I don't want this to become a sinister versus Yeah, yeah. The that's Night the House. last I'll bring it up. I just yeah. it's just something I thought about. Um, well, while we're no. on it, and I, I do, if we're going to, this is going to be our one little moment of comparison Sinister, and then we're going to bury that and not talk about Sinister again. <laughs> so one of the, no, one of the things I do appreciate about this film is that there was no Vincent D'Onofrio kind of moment where we have this yeah. guy come in, give us a name to the monster, explain the monster's right. motives. Right, the professor whole, of like the occult yeah. of the university. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't feel like this movie was setting up something saying, don't worry, we're going to make sure there's a sequel because we've created all these rules for this monster. No, there were not a lot of rules. So therefore, so there, so that kind of gets into where I got disappointed with the film a little bit. So it's kind of like a catch. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a catch. Yeah, right? Too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, I, I you would have wanted it to be more explained. <laughs> 
I, yes. I, th- I, I think that my yes first no. watch. Yeah, I think that I think that yes, and yep, you're absolutely right, Marika. Yes, and McClendon, you're right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, I, so I got to a point in the film at about like the, I'd say the hour mark, where I went on this journey of deciding to figure it out mm-hmm. before they before they could teach me. So I started going down these traditional horror tropes and thinking ideas. And it actually muddled up the movie for me to where when the ending happens, I was like wanting, like, I was like really feeling let down. I was like, oh, that, oh come on. That's all. That's it. What? Because uh, it know? didn't match up with what you had planned in your brain as yes, you were watching exactly. this movie. And that, but then as I thought about it and I thought going through all of it and the metaphor of it and just the moments of it, I was like, oh, that really kind of, that's good. That's good. And it was like, but it, but I had to like actually like sm- like sit in it for a little while, which I feel bad because I was like I didn't give this thing the right shake the first watch because here I am trying to do the sinister thing where I'm like, the monster's gonna do this and then this is gonna happen. Oh, I know what it is. It's really her. It's her the whole time. She's living in a mirror world. She's dead. I know she's dead. I know she's dead. Right. And then you know I had that whole like battle with myself watching it where I didn't let myself sit back and just kind of take watch the it? ride. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Do you do this often? Like this is a question for both of you. Do you do you do that often? Are you are you trying to figure it I out? I feel or like are you Mickey sitting... does this all the time. Yes, I'm trying to figure out the the hook before the hook comes. Yeah, okay. and Marika. Um, depends if I'm enjoying the movie as it is or not. So uh, this one, you, you weren't thinking of those things. I was not. No, I was like, I was along for the ride. There's a lot of stuff that I found that they did really, really well. So I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna like serve this wave. That's so healthy and good. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, if, if the movie is well-crafted, I'll, I'll, I'll go along on the ride and I'll I'll sort of like, I can't help but like file a couple of ideas in the back of my mind, but not really like, yeah. Cause I just like, I don't want to think about that because I want to like, I'm enjoying this, this what's happening. So I'm trying Mm -hmm. to just be like the, the notes I took, I don't know about you guys, but like I wrote down like three notes and two of them were like, the first one was, I like lake houses. (laughs) <laughs> all right very important and then another one was a question and but like the movie is like you really got to pay it like i just i just found myself not writing any like i wrote three things down that's great that's probably good i mean that, it's a very really visual movie like you can't yeah. half watch because mm-hmm. you're gonna miss any like any of the good stuff all of the good stuff I really appreciated the the subtle um, scares as well, like the the seeing the silhouettes or not silhouettes, but even yeah silhouettes, seeing yeah. the silhouettes or the outlines of things, and then done so well in a way where it's like I would look back and go, okay, am I seeing that? Did they did they really? You know, they they did a really good job of that, and even like even their biggest effect was still subtle, like like the skin, like her skin. Oh, being that was really on. good. That yeah, was it's really still, good. It's still done classy and subtle and not like now we're going to like make her like bleed from her eyes to freak you all out. It was like and, and I, I oh I had I had an actual like good scare moment, not like jump scare, but like good scare moment when it's like the spirit says something like I'm not him or something whatever yeah. it was say, but yeah, but it says like, you know, it's not me. And like goes back I was like, "Oh, yeah." You know, I was like cuz I mm-hmm. thought it was the husband for a while, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, we all you know, did. Well, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, for a moment, I thought it was it was. I I thought all kinds of things, to be honest. Which I I don't need to do that 
when these films are happening and it's and it actually is like a um it takes away from rebecca hall and all the things that they're doing because i'm not letting myself but i I feel like it's my second watch i'd be able to because i i know and i figured you know it's like i can actually just enjoy all the craftsmanship they put into it i i I will say we'll we'll get into theories later but like maybe it was her husband just I'm just I'm planting that seed right now. Oh, I, I even like that. Even though it's saying that it's not like there's some some of the possibilities that I'll interpret as to to what happens at the end. Um, Let's just get into some of those things. Like we we figure out that there's our, our husband's building a house on the little island across mm-hmm. the lake. Um, what do we think of that? Like, what do we think of that storyline, that plot? Like, that is it pretty cool. It got confusing for me, I'll be honest, because like when she was mm-hmm. the first time she kind of got over there and she saw the woman in the window and the house was completely built, I thought he had an actual completed, realized version of their house across the lake in reverse. Like, you know, everything was like put together reverse. I mean, that's what, they, that's what the movie wants you to believe. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was an incomplete house. So why did she... So she was dreaming of a completed house in reverse, correct? Well, that's the thing about this movie. We can't start dissecting like what what is real and what wasn't because that's the whole premise of the movies that you don't know. She doesn't know and you don't know. And she wakes up on the floor every morning. So then you can't really decipher what's what, which, again, I think is the strength of the movie because. You really feel her confusion of like, what the Mm. hell is going on with me? And and also, I mean, I guess you guys can probably attest to this as well, but like when you're going through depression or especially when you're going through depression and you're like either drinking or abusing, you know, chemicals really hard through that depression, you do sometimes see things that aren't there. Your paranoia tells you things that aren't real, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, wow, it's, the quietness is like, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I I would say that it's this is this is definitely more than depression. If if I, I I'm sort of taking this film as an allegory for depression and mental illness and grief, right? Uh, right. Which which I think is intentional. Um, uh, so like the experience she has is not just depression in my opinion uh it's it's also there's also mental illness his mental illness and her mental illness and like whatever she's imagining what's real and what's not real like um i mean the girl in the library is she a real person because that girl never interacts with anybody but her right you know and uh uh you know is it, it was is the husband a serial killer or yeah, he is. I mean, I think that's that's what. Yes. Well, yeah. Assuming assuming that house is actually across the lake, and, and assuming real. there are actual dead bodies in the ground, like right? the crappy house, not the nice house. Yeah, yeah. The, house. Where, where all those where she finds all the bodies. Assuming that's real, then is it like so? He's a serial killer. He can't resist his urge to kill her. So eventually he just kills himself because he loves her so much and he can't stop killing. Or and or, her coming to grips with her perfect husband being this monster. No, that's not what I, mm. Or is she creating this myth around what she thought was her perfect husband who really was just sleeping with lots of women? And that's how that's she's coping. Or but, that's how she's coping with it, be creating in her mind that he was having to, like, he was killing and 
strangling. I mean, he's, <laughs> I mean, it, th that's the thing about this movie. They can go so many ways and they're right to not give me the answer I'm looking for, because I think maybe it's more fun to not know. Well, Marika, what were you going to like? You, you disagreed with sort of like that theory I had. What, what, what were you going to say? Well, my understanding was that because she talks about how she died, right? Yeah. yeah. And she came back. And then she said, oh, because like the whole like nothing idea mm -hmm. is that like nothing is an entity. So she says, oh, there's nothing. And then he writes, you're right. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. And so and then like there's something I can't remember what it is exactly, but I remember it's my okay. understanding was that like that thing had been after her. And that he, because, oh, because he, he's like, he's having, he has the voodoo doll and then he's making mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah. And uh -huh. my understanding was that he was sacrificing these other women that looked like her right. so that he, so that nothing, well, so that death would stop like chasing after her. So he was trying to protect her by sacrificing women who, he was like trying to trick yes. death, basically. I, I understand that that's literally what the movie is telling me, but that doesn't hold up for me and that doesn't make any sense. So what I'm doing in my mind is going, okay, he's, he's unwell. He's a serial killer. He's justifying his killings through this, this, this thing, right? This, it, it doesn't make sense that, that I guess nothing, who is, no, what is nothing? Is nothing a demon? Is nothing actual death? Why is nothing obsessed with her? Why is it going through him to get to her? when like death is always happening it just it 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 reeks to me of like you know self you know her self obsession and her survivor's guilt and her depression yeah. mixing into these things and making sense of the monster that was her perfect husband that's that's the conclusion i come to that in my head makes sense and that in no way do i think oh. is the final answer to what this film is so so I, I'm I'm gonna put out my since you put that out I'm gonna put my interpretation out the movie saying she died she there was nothing there the nothing followed her back into this world it's like Final Destination yeah kind exactly. of yeah yeah her <laughs> yeah, yeah protecting her from nothing by killing these these girls but he's a good human who decides he cannot do it anymore and so he's so he's saying there's nothing there you're safe now and I guess he's killing himself because he thinks that he's already tricked nothing and now he can't live he's with trapped himself. It, yeah yeah he's so, trapped it but that that the the doll gets out of its it confined box because, so then somehow yeah. we don't know yes. how uh and the spirit gets out and figures out that it's been tricked and goes yes. after her right so that's what the movie's positing but the movie's also or telling us yeah, yeah tell, it's tell it's it's literally telling us that yeah yeah that's the literal language of the film the unspoken language of the film is that this is some type of metaphor about depression, yes, mental illness, uh, survivor's guilt, all this stuff. And that's where I think the interpretations can get really deep and wild and personalized. I mean, can it just be, like, grief? Yeah, it can be. That, that, I don't no, know. That, that, I yeah. feel like just saying, like, oh, it's a metaphor. I don't know. I'm not, I, for, I'm all in on like, it's a demon. 
that's way more interesting to me than like <laughs> she's battling mental illness because that's like a real thing and i don't want to be in the real world when i'm watching some like psychological horror thing i'd much prefer believe that there's like some otherworldly labyrinth where demons have to navigate and voodoo dolls and like yeah, that's but that's not what michelangelo is saying it's like saying yeah. like get out can only be no, no, no. I understand Literal. that. But yeah, like yeah. my my when that movie ended, I wasn't like, oh, it's a metaphor for mental health. It was 100 percent like, oh, this is about grief. Yeah, I think grief is tied up in, in all of it. That's that's part of the the the, the combination of things. Yeah. Um, and again, I said it can be personal. So it's like, Marika, you see grief. That's great. Yeah, I'm glad you approve. It's like I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You get you get three points. <laughs> well, you either want me to agree with you or you don't, because you're like saying no, it's just grief, and I'm saying sure, that's great for you. It's grief. It's like I I wanted to, I wanted to like the movie, so that's the conclusion I come to to have it make sense because the the demon the demon spirit boogeyman ghost angle thing doesn't work for me. It doesn't logically, it doesn't f make sense story-wise, and like everything else was so good that I refused to believe that such a silly mistake would be made. But I, I will say this, these the, the guys who wrote this and the guy who directed it, they're working on the Hellraiser series. Oh, I know. I Do you know. guys know about this? No, not the series. They're doing the movie for Hulu, right? Oh, I, I, oh I'm sorry. At the first, because it was Hulu, I thought maybe it would be a series. But there, there this, is a Hellraiser series on HBO, but the Hellraiser movie, I think, is a Hulu, and these guys have been tapped to make it. They're already done with it. They had a meeting with Dimension years ago and pitched a lot of these concepts and ideas as a Hellraiser film. And Dimension at the time was like, no, we don't want art house. We don't want metaphor. We want a monster movie. So what they what in in the stuff the uh the interview I read they took a lot of their ideas especially from that film and they took all these rejected things that they weren't allowed to put in other films and they were like let's make a movie where we get to do all these things and yeah. and that sort of explained sort of the the issue I had with connecting like a linear story yeah I, I think that kind of makes sense there and then what's What's hilarious then is this film, which they use all their rejected ideas on, their rejected pitch for Hellraiser, led to them mm -hmm. doing a Hellraiser film. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, 10 or 20 years later, however long it was. It's nuts. Sometimes all you need is a couple projects and a boatload of patience. Yeah. So I was, I was like, Marika, you're a, you're a Hellraiser fan. You're, you're, I would say you're a pretty good fan of Hellraiser, yeah? I mean, I've seen it once. Oh, I thought that, but you, but you really like it. I, I love the aesthetics of Hellraiser for sure. Yeah. Do you, do you trust that particular series in the, in the hands of these creators? Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think that what the movie does really, really well is building this insane sense of dread and this great, like, un, uneasiness unease mm -hmm. uneasy yeah tense yeah um and like having moved to the mountains semi-recently i <laughs> there, I, I think that there's something really personal in how it hit in that like if my husband were gone for like even if he was just not at the house 
and I was alone at the house and that music started playing, I would freak the fuck out. Like, there's so much about that. Like, even in just, like, there's a creek where there ought not be a creek at this time of night. Yeah. Or, like, all of that. I was watching that, and I was like, I would be shitting my pants if that were me. And that's, like, even before we got into any of, like, the supernatural, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. And then when we did get into, like, the really cool, like, the silhouettes, like which we talked about and like all of that I thought was it was visually simple technically must have been an absolute like logistical nightmare to create mm -hmm. um but I that's why I was absolutely hooked because I was like you've created an ambiance you've created this sense of dread and of unease and of like not knowing what's going on and I I I feel like I forgive movies a lot more easily than you guys do. Like, if I really like the aesthetics, I'm like, oh, there's a giant plot hole. I don't care. It looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, this, I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's a depression, whatever. It fucking looked awesome, but I was really uneasy. Like, I, yeah, I'm easy in terms of that. And I think that there is something really well finessed in this movie that, just made it unlike a lot of other horror movies and made me want more stuff like this. Like, if all horror movies were kind of like this, I would probably watch a lot more horror movies. Well, I, I'll also say that we've had this conversation before, Marika, and you brought it up where it's like, you, you know, the filmmakers that you know, that you've talked with, sometimes they're like, yeah, people see a lot of things in my films I didn't even realize was there. Yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't mean they weren't there. Yeah. It could mean that it was something was in the zeitgeist and it just was written into it and baked in it without me even knowing and people picked it out. Yeah, people attribute meaning to things. But I do think that, that maybe like when you're watching, you're watching more in a true way. Like I said, I wish I could have watched it like you did, and I think I could in a second watch. But in my first watch, I got like in my own head trying to figure things out. I will say that I was so enamored with Rebecca Hall's performance that I could just sit in that movie and just watch her again. I feel like there was... I'm not going to say there was a master class in acting, but but there were a couple times in the movie when after a scene, I'd look at Molly and be like, gosh, she's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I also wonder if there's something in it that has to do with the fact that I don't know how you guys felt in relation to her character, but like from the very beginning, I 100 million percent related to her. I can see that. I can totally see that. I, I was. Uh, yeah, I, same. So I don't know. Yeah, I was just on this journey with her and I wanted to be surprised. I didn't want to like even at parts where I couldn't figure like I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I don't I don't care. I don't want to. I'm like I'm on this journey with her. And when she figures out what the fuck's going on, I'll I'll know what the fuck is going on. Do you know what I mean? She felt like such a real like woman. Like, yeah. But um, if you watch Naomi Watts in the ring, it's like it's kind of in its own way a final girl. It's like she, there's a lot happening to her that she's dealing with, but she's like not virginal and perfect, but she's not as, I mean, I, Naomi Watts is not a good example because she's actually pretty fleshed out in that film. But but you know the films I'm talking about where where this woman is like precious and we're all supposed to feel precious and sorry for her. Rebecca Hall was like kind of a smart ass. She was, you know, she laughed in, in the face of grief, which I think is very real. Yeah. Way to be. She was just such a 
real human. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, some scenes I was like, that is, that is somebody who's present. I can. It's. It was a really great performance. The scene at the bar, uh, I thought was fantastic. I, yes. It was so uncomfortable, and it's like you're going through something, and the people around you are trying to be helpful, and whether their answers are are uh, logical or make sense they still kind of piss you off. And I, I thought it was really good casting with the guy. Cause the guy in particular is giving like what I think is like sound advice, but because it's a man and they're all women, which guy are we talking about? The, the, like the redheaded teacher guy when they're all having drinks together. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Cause there's two guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I meant in that scene. <laughs> it's like the sorry, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> The, yeah. Well, and the neighbor who the neighbor, uh, uh, what's his name, Vondi Curtis Hall. Oh I'm yeah, so he's happy good. to I see love him. him. Love him. What a handsome man! Oh my Still, gosh, to be that age and look that good. Yeah. God damn. Anyways, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can go to our Patreon and listen to the episode wow. where we discuss about how like good of an actor and handsome Vondi Curtis Hall. Is. Oh, that <laughs> smile! That that's smile! That smile! Ooh. Oh, he's so well dressed in this. <laughs> <laughs> great costume like great production design great costumes uh um uh but uh yeah the the, the it, it was it, it a lot of this movie is very tense and uncomfortable and like i let me know what you guys think about this the the one thing that was lacking for me and i thought this would be effective because like especially like a haunted house alone at night those those are triggering for me and like I am like I can't have the fan on oscillate at night because I can't hear anything that I'm not supposed to hear because I'll right. get freaked out. So, but I wasn't that scared while watching this movie. I was in it and I was enjoying it, and at at times I was a little mm. scared, but I really wasn't like scared, scared the way like where you're where my you know I got goosebumps all over my my arms and stuff. Uh, were you guys scared watching this? I was not. I was not teed up like on the edge of my seat for the next jump scare, if that's what you mean. But I was, no, no, was, not yeah. for the next jump. Scare. I mean, just the, I'm, I'm, I'm talking more about like the not like, you know, there's one obviously like amazing, effective jump scare, right. Where mm -hmm. like it transitions from her falling asleep on her friend's uh, lap yeah. to the, that was like, oh man, this is like, people overuse jump scares and this is a great example of like when it's effective and brilliantly done um but i'm talking more of like the 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 when she's in the house alone at night and there's not a lot happening and she's thinking that she's seen you things know, i i will tell you that i wasn't scared but being that kind of scared probably hasn't even touched me since hereditary so we're talking years uh, okay of film watching okay. that i've been like actually like like not okay, not easy watching a film. Uh, yeah, like... I would, I would agree, and I would agree on Hereditary. I think that's the last time that I was actually like freaked out while watching mm -hmm. a movie. Yeah. Uncomfortable, yeah. But I rarely get like scared, scared okay. while watching a movie. But again, this one is one where I was properly uneasy, and I could so relate to being isolated in a house near no one. <laughs> I was curious about you two and about whether or not you would find it more difficult to stay or leave i space. don't even want to think about that honestly i don't know okay i'm going i'm going to attempt to answer your question um but i'm kind of like marika i'm not really sure if i want to think about like 
how I'd feel in the house where I raised my kids with my wife and her killing herself and me having to figure out what to do with my home and case. So Dirt like, question, Michelangelo. <laughs> well, she doesn't necessarily kill. I didn't say she kills her. I'm just, you lost, you lost your, your, but I, but I, I don't, I think that we have to, we can't answer this question without, you know, actually saying that that's the circumstances. Cause I think that's an extra amount of trauma she has to go through. Cause now she's like, why it's like we were happy and now this person yeah. took her life. Yeah, I think there's something to that that's a little bit. It's yeah, not like it, they got it definitely in a car wreck. Informs, yeah. yeah, it informs like her her bitterness. Oh, for sure. And the loss at the beginning, right? You told, I, like, you left me. We, we we were in love. There were no signs, and you left me. You cheated. You did the ultimate cheat. Yeah. On me. I I had no idea. It's like, it's like yeah. It's very. It's like I deal with suicide prevention a lot in the in the military. Um, in my moonlighting for the military. And, uh, you know, it's a very different thing for the people who love somebody than they were hit by a car or they got into, you mm. know, you know what I mean? So it's a very yeah. different trauma you're going Fair through. enough. So, but, but what I will say as I try to attempt to answer this is, is that I would find it, I would have to reach a place where I had gotten my questions answered before I could leave the place that may hold some of the answers. That makes sense. Um, so I would have to stay in the space where this person built the house or whatever if I had unanswered questions until I felt like all my questions were answered. I had closed that chapter and I was ready to move on. So how long is that? I don't know. But that would be my my reasoning for leaving. Otherwise, I wouldn't leave because there's a chance that you can figure out why this person you love so much would have done that. So you can't you can't leave. Mm. You know, you can't you can't go, you know. And do you guys do you guys ever like in in times? You're of, what about uh, you? You didn't answer this question. Yeah, back at you, buddy. I uh, we'll get to me. Um, but do you do you find that in uh, times of extreme stress or grief or whatever, uh, do you find that you do turn to substances to get through it, or not? Like a really weird like psychotherapy episode of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, these are these are the things that it brought these up for the me. Themes. These are themes. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no hiding. Yeah, of course. For me, that's been like, you know, that's been an actual struggle in my life. Yeah. For me, it's like I, I'm always looking for an out, something that can like not make me feel the pain. I'm, I'm, I am pain adverse, to be honest. But but also I have to that's part of my growth is like being like, I need to learn how to handle pain without needing to like, you know, you know, uh, medicate it. You know, m the medication I need is not chemical. It is, you know, mental. You know, you it need is like, hugs. Yeah, well, I need to be able to talk about things and feel safe to talk about things. You know, it's like this podcast. Sometimes I feel like it's easier for me to say things to you guys when we're in the basement with the, about these movies than it is even to say these things to my own parents. You know, it's like yeah. But that took that's taken years for me to get to. You know, there are times in my life where I was like, something crappy happens to me, and I'm like, ah, it's fine. Give me a beer. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like that is such an unhealthy way to handle things to be like, ah, I'll get over it. You know, Marika? I, <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. It's a weird discussion. <laughs> like, we're going to do a horror movie. You know, you know, the director also directed The Ritual. Did you guys see that at all? Yes, I loved it. You saw it? I, okay, I haven't seen no, it. No, I haven't not. seen it. 
don't know what that I, is. I, I, I'd recommend it. I'd re- it's a, it's a, it's a Netflix original. Um, so it's, you know, uh, it, you know, goes against our, our business platform, but, uh, it's a good film for sure. We get it. People cast. like, I guess have Netflix or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. What about if Southbound? You, I, I don't think I've se- I think the ritual is the only other one I've seen okay, of, the, cool. of, of their stuff. Um, I often think of, uh, losing the people I love, uh, all the time. I don't know why I do, but I do. I think it maybe it's like a preemptive way to sort of like uh have control over it. I I'm I'm not sure. I'm not going to analyze myself uh although I have. Uh, uh but I think about it and I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would be harder uh, to leave or stay and under these circumstances, you know, like a suicide situation like this. It's like I think I would feel very much like her in, in, in the the bitterness of like why did you why didn't you tell me anything was wrong? Why'd you leave? Because that's what's happening, right? Yeah. It's like I said, it is. It, it feels like a, the ultimate betrayal. Oh, um, sure. This unexplained suicide, uh, and then for me personally, in times like extreme times uh, like that, I, I find that I don't drink. I, I I often will drink to escape um, myself. But when anything external happens, like a big breakup or a death, I find that uh, uh, I know I'll spiral out of control if I do yeah. drink. So I have to, I have That's to stay away wise. from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like I need to, <clears throat> I need to work, I need to work through this, and I need my my mind to be as sound as possible. So that, so it's like because I I made that mistake at a young like it's so great when you can make a mistake at, at a young age with a big issue because the consequences because at that point it's semi-inconsequential yeah yeah you no. you have this and you're like oh my gosh like thinking about the way i i handled this when i was like yeah. 16 or 18 versus like 25 35 whatever it's like oh that that would be a nightmare now to have to, to right. like I, that was that was like one of the and i it was a, a terrible situation that was made worse through mostly it's usually alcohol alcohol is the thing that's definitely like you know if you're in a bad mood it doesn't make you i I find it doesn't it just accelerates Mm -hmm. my bad mood you know sure well it also it also what what i find is that so like i'm i'm obsessive compulsive so it's like i can sit here and all day long talk to you guys and but if you like say i'm editing this podcast and i'm just feeling something in that particular moment i will sit for an hour and just work on one little section of it because i'm obsessive compulsive so when i drink and i'm feeling sad about something i obsess over that thing and the alcohol takes it to places where the paranoia Mm. sinks in and the thing that was probably not true or the thing that scared me about it like the like you know say it's her husband committing suicide because of whatever reason she's thinking the alcohol you know um was it exacerbates it and i find I would I would find myself getting really paranoid and start believing things that may or may not be true. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there's like this societal thing as well of like, oh God, I've had such a rough day. I'm gonna go like, let's go have a drink. Or like, yeah. oh my God, today was so stressful. I need a beer. Or like, oh my God, what a shitty day. I'm dealing with so much shit. Let's have a glass of wine or whatever. Like that's so ingrained in sure. like 
our vocabulary in our society. Like, I don't know how it came to this, but that's where we are. And then I met my now husband. And I remember him, like, having a crappy day at some point. And I was like, oh, like, do you want me to go pick up some beers? And he was like, no, I feel like shit. I don't want to feel more like shit. And I was like, wait, what? That's good. Wow. And he was like, no, I already feel like shit. I don't want to make it worse. And I, and like, this is going to sound like it's ridiculous, but I went, oh shit, he's right. <laughs> like, to me, like everything that everyone around me was saying was always like, oh yeah, this is going to make it better. Mm-hmm. But it never makes it better. Like, booze makes fun evenings better. Booze does not make shitty days better. <laughs> like, that's not mm-hmm. how it works. Right, right. And so when he said that, I went, oh. And like, anytime he's having a shitty day, I mean, I don't even ask him anymore because I know that he's going to say no. But like, at first I was like, oh, dude, like, should we open a bottle of wine? He's like, no, I'm like, I'm feeling really tired today. Or I'm feeling really like, had a rough, stressful day. I don't want to make it worse. And I, and like, it was wild to me that that had never occurred to me that 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 what he was saying was making total sense right because that's not how i saw it and now i think that way like if i've had a shitty day or if i'm super tired i'm like well the last thing i need to do is to like drink a downer and then (laughs) like either get mad or sad or like not be able to sleep or whatever it is but it took someone in my life to be like hey this that's not actually how it works and like he didn't it's not like he taught me a lesson on like when not to drink booze but he just said that and like it just clicked i went oh that makes a lot of sense and i feel like people need to hear that yeah so do you do you think uh that played a part in this story her uh you know use like of her- alcohol I don't know. I think because she's she is drinking brand, and she says I don't drink this shit, but she's drinking it. Because <laughs> her friend well, yeah. mentions the amount she's drinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that that's not a happenstance by the writer. They're like, oh yeah, we just happen yeah. to write. Th- no, these no, writers no, no, think, no. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is a thing where it's like she's she's self medicating her grief, and she doesn't have these answers. And I think that whether it's there to make a statement about that or whether it's there to help us feed the mystery of like, well, I don't know. She's getting pretty hammered every night. Maybe she's not seeing these things. Either way, the writers decide to, 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 I don't, not forcing what they're doing, but I'm saying that it plays both ways to a viewer on your personal experience with these kinds of types of things. You can read into it kind of whatever. Yeah. I feel like it's really good. It's efficient in, in, like blurring the lines, right? Because mm-hmm. that's like all this movie does. It blur- it blurs the line between yep. reality and dream and or hallucination and you know, and so I feel like that's a good little sprinkle of something to throw on there of like, well, you can't you can't trust what you're seeing, basically. I think that this is a good example of a film. I think it's similar to Rosemary's Baby, in my opinion, of where. The, the reason it works is because of the performances, not because of anything else. It is sim- this movie is held together by well by actors. It is a if somebody wants to say why actors are important, this is a good film to show them and say, look, it's not the special effects. It's not the I mean, like you said, Marika, the scripts 
confusing. It's it's a confuse. It doesn't even like spell. It's not. It's not like we can. You said it yourself. Like with the booze thing, it's like it's not that brilliant. Of a, you know, it's like it's. But the performances. This is an actor's movie. I feel yes, like. but also I don't think you can discount the special effects. Yeah, the filmmaking overall is uh, pretty quite fucking brilliant. efficient. Yeah, yeah. so I, like it's like I I, I hear you. In, like it's definitely an actor's movie. It's definitely a performance-driven movie. But like it's also a gorgeous film. Like, did you watch the behind-the-scenes thing? No, I didn't watch it behind-the-scenes. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. They had to build, like, a house and then the reverse house. And then all the silhouettes things were practical effects. So they had an artist do, like, all these, like, basically those, what do you call them? Like, the camouflage body painting things, but, like, with objects. And so they had to, like, fabricate pieces of building and like architectural um, features in the house just to make it all line up from one specific point of view. And then there's the whole thing in the bathroom where they had a mirror and then a glass and then they had to like play the mirror and like they had the the world and then the reverse world with the mirror and the ghost. And like it's 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 some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, it's so subtle and so well done and effective that it makes you think. Oh, easy. It's yeah. like Michael, you, you see Michael Jordan play basketball and you're like, he I makes it that. look so <laughs> simple. You know, you see, you know, it's everything's so subtle. And that's what's so brilliant about it. Now I'm saying it's brilliant. I went from like, I think I kind of like this movie too. Uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> best thing i i i actually i actually uh so i i think it's a good movie i really love rebecca hall in it i don't think it's i wouldn't put it in that category of brilliant i do think it's good i think it's good it, during I, I don't know if any of you felt this way around 30 minutes in i was like okay there's no way this is going to turn into a shitty movie but like i did have this feeling it's like when's the shoe gonna drop or like what you know what i mean a shit shoe when is this sh when's the shoe coming off the foot and it's gonna stink up the basement when's that gonna happen you, you thought at some point i was playing a trick on you you thought that this is not a trick but like there was something in the so, way that you said what we were watching i can't remember it exactly but the way i enter and this is on me not you the way i interpreted it was like oh you thought you you thought you had something good here and you didn't like it check this one out <laughs> the what does anybody know what the budget of this film was i know it made it 15 eight, million yeah. yeah it was it was low it was a low yeah. budgeted film i that also is another thing where i'm like so because like here's the thing about somebody like rebecca hall and i'm going back on her but we can also talk about david <laughs> We can also talk about David. No, we can talk about David Bruckner too. These are people that are operating in budgets that, by Hollywood standards, are low standards. But Rebecca Hall has been in like massive. She's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's been in tons of stuff. Um, but to think that you know, I don't know that like to for an eight million dollar budget, you're pulling off these things. You're doing this kind of work. I think it's pretty impressive. I've seen films for fifty million. That pale in comparison. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to know the percentage spent on uh, the production design and the, yeah. the special effects. What what it what it equals out to, and it's like, oh, more than half was spent just on the production and the and the special effects, and that's why there's like it's like a cast of it's a very small cast Four, of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's you know there are other people, you know, there's some extras. There's the the mom of the parent. That fucking scene was brilliant. Right. 
and the um, girl from the girl from Barry. Yeah, you, you know she was <laughs> she was really good in this, but I felt like she was the actress, the character from Barry acting yeah. in this movie. Do you I know what of, I mean? Yeah, I kind of agree. You yeah. know, I agree. Agree. Uh, 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 no, and I don't mean any shade or, or anything. She was fantastic in this, and she's fantastic she, on Barry. Yeah. We gotta we gotta figure like obviously we carry this uh it's in the new release section right now but uh it's gonna find a home somewhere um uh but let's that's that that's gonna be a whole debate so we're not gonna get into that but you know who do we recommend this to it's a good recommendation now that we've now that we're seeing it we'll be a person recommending it to a person who it's it. our turn <laughs> Mickey I feel like I want to hear your answer first yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend this to people who are, um, yeah, I, I would recommend it to probably somebody who's a little more mature um, that can, like, sit through a slower burn. Because, like, I think that a high school kid won't really, like, get this because they'll be like, it was just about, like, a husband who committed suicide. It's kind of, like, a bummer, you know? So I do think that, that there has to be some, like, uh, emotional maturity to watch this film and appreciate it. Yeah, our most emotional mature uh shoppers. That's who I would say. I agree with that. I agree with that and then I also think that it I think that you can easily recommend this to the thriller versus horror crowd. Mhm. Yeah. Um cuz there are some horror elements to it, but they're not I feel like they don't go into the territory of people who don't like horror don't like certain things uh, like about horror like they don't like the jump scares and they don't like the gore and they don't like a crazed homicidal maniac and I feel like this movie kind of, I mean okay fine there's a serial killer but whatever uh, <laughs> but like this movie kind of sidesteps all of those like typical horror movie things and so I think that it's like a nice it treads a nice line between horror and thriller that widens the audience. Like, I feel like my barometer is always, would I, or could I recommend this to my sister? Cause she hates horror movies. Like mm -hmm. she hates them. And I don't know how much she would actually enjoy this, but I could, <laughs> I could definitely recommend it to her and her not like immediately shut it off. <laughs> so... I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. It, it it plays like a like any really truly uh, good horror film. It plays it, it plays as a drama. You you take out the supernatural yeah. things to it, and you still have like a really good movie. Great yeah. movie, yeah. Uh, 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 I would I would recommend this. I mean, like basically the type of customers we tend to have. I would recommend this to just about all of them. Um, you know, if you, if you're taking time to come to a complicated <laughs> video yeah. store like ours, where you know you, you need to invest some serious time just to find the movie you're looking for, I think you're going to appreciate uh, a film like this. It, you know, especially if you're a cinephile, and I do think that like the the cinephile and the movie buff has been co-opted. Uh, and it doesn't mean what it used to mean. I think, like, when someone used to say that they were a movie buff, it meant that they watched all sorts of films, and they watched independent and foreign, and they, they knew stuff about the history of film. 
Now I can't tell you how often someone tells me that they're a, like a movie buff or a cinephile. And what that means to them is that they just watch a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. it's, and speaking of watching, you know, like, which I, like, I, let's be honest, is anyone who has both like a Netflix and an HBO subscription, yeah. like we're all constantly yeah. watching stuff. Like that's the reality that we're in. Yeah. And, and, but we're not all cinephiles. <laughs> We're not all cinephiles. Um, I don't even. I don't even know if I'm a cinephile, really. I. I, I think people. I think there's definitely a class of uh, way more intelligent, uh, sophisticated uh, moviegoers that would uh, think uh, I was a meathead. Uh, uh, but uh, I. I was surprised. <laughs> one of the one of the first actual cinephiles I've ever met. And a brilliant yeah. actor. And a brilliant actor. Yeah. Anyway. Extremely nice, That's, nice man. Um, yes. but uh, anyway, would, sorry. Would you guys be surprised uh, if I were to tell you that this movie was released on Blu-ray and DVD by Walt Disney Home Entertainment? I would not be surprised. It's Searchlight, I thought. It was a Searchlight. Okay, so it's like a like a owned by. Okay, I just I saw I saw that and I was like, "That's I wouldn't have yeah. put Disney in on this." I mean, didn't another thing that was disney or that was searchlight and we were like oh yeah i feel like possibly i don't remember though anyway. um sorry Kai, Kai you asked... wanted like a what oh my god a word <laughs> can i throw in one last final curveball question yeah did you know that this uh movie was uh released on a blu-ray and dvd by uh Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. Really? Get out That's of here. Crazy. Yeah. I can't Disney? believe that. Disney did that? Like Disney? Yeah. Like, is it? This is blowing my freaking Whoa. mind right now. The studio that makes Marvel movies also released this one. And you, you don't know about, that? we don't talk about Bruno. The Mouse House? The Mouse House did this. <laughs> yep. Jesus. Walt Disney wow. wrote this movie, is what I'm saying. Himself before dying yeah. or from beyond yes. the grave? From beyond the grave. Yo. He's the nothing. He's the nothing. Amazing. You are right. There is nothing. Nothing, aka Walt Disney is after you. Now you are safe. <laughs> would you would you uh what would you pair this movie with if you if you were to uh, do a double feature? Um oh geez. Before or after? Fuck. I mean that's up to you. Yeah. I feel like this is like I don't think you can follow this with anything. Yeah, I think if this is this is the this is the closer. I don't know. I feel like you could put it before, or you could put it after, depending on if you want people to tailgate before and go home in a weird silent mass, or the other way around. Uh, but I would pair this with Thirteen Ghosts. Interesting. Which we need to do for this podcast because I have a very fond memory of that movie, and I do not. Which one? So it'd which, be interesting one, to visit. There are two uh, with one, Matthew Lillard. Oh, that yeah, I, I do remember that one very well. I don't have a fond memory of it, but I do have memories of it. I feel like perhaps we watched it at the same time yeah. together. Was it, maybe what, that was also Tay Diggs, right? Or am I wrong? I don't remember. Uh, no, I just Tay Diggs remember... was in the. Tay Diggs was in. He was. I can't remember the name of the production studio, but they were redoing all those old, like Vincent Price type films, 
And uh, Tay Diggs was, I believe, in the House on Haunted Hill remake. No, it was. It was the or House like on one Haunted of those. Hill. But I did see the Matthew Lillard Thirteen Ghosts. Um. So my so I have um. So my recommendation might be okay. So we're gonna go, um, a twofer. So we're gonna go a buy one get one night, and we're going to do and get one. What a great deal! Uh, you're gonna come in and you're gonna rent the night house, or no, you're gonna rent Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man, because you like Blumhouse. No, you're gonna like Blumhouse. But I'm going to say, hey, here's the companion piece that I think is a little bit better. And I'm going to give you the night house. I that's a good one, man, because that's that's one that's uh uh the performance driven piece. Yeah, yeah without so, yeah. But but I I'll say this about the what you said about this that me and Marika Marika and I disagreed with you on. Without Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man is does not hold up as a very good movie, in my opinion. But let's not let's let's not get into another film. Invisible Man, you come into rent because it had a bigger marketing budget as well, so you probably know it more than The Nighthouse. And then I'm going to say I'm going to slide this one in on you, and be like, trust me, when all your friends have gotten their you know Blumhouse thing out of the way, check this puppy out. You're going to be real happy. Michelangelo. Um. So. My recommendation is actually going to be the movie that we watch next. Oh, wait, I thought, okay, go, go on, go on. Um, it's, uh, extraordinary. Extraordinary. It is, it is a horror comedy, uh, that involves ghosts that was made, uh, fairly recently. So it, it sort of fits into the, like the parameters of the, these got two yep. random recommendations that we've gotten this, I think this kind of fits in. I it's very, this. very different. I remember um, this. Yep. Uh, definitely performance driven piece. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching it again. I have seen it before. Yeah. I love Will Forte. I love him. Yeah. He's great. Oh my God. We'll get into it when we talk no, no, about no. it, but guys, Will Forte is like my Rebecca Hall of comedy. <laughs> We'll get into that next. <laughs> we'll get into that next week. Stay we'll tuned week. for the we'll next episode of the Return Slot of Aurora. Thanks for listening.